We've all been given a precious and valuable gift. And it doesn't matter whether you're a king or a homeless person, whether you're an astronomer on Mauna Kea or you're a soldier at Schofield Barracks. It doesn't matter whether you're a business tycoon like Donald Trump or a grocery clerk at the Kapolei Foodland. Each of us has been given this gift, and this gift is the gift of time. Each of us, no matter who we are, are given 24 hours a day. And that's a gift that's been given by the Lord. And we've all been given that same gift, 24 hours a day. You know, surveys are conducted every year about how the average American spends their time. Take a look and listen to some of the results of this one survey. As of 2014, the average life expectancy of an, of an average American was 78.6 years. 78.6 years. So you divide that up, and this is how the average American spends their lifetime. Their lifetime over the course of 78.6 years. Here it is, up here on the screen. You spend 25 years sleeping. Wow. Some of you are already sleeping right now. No. You work for 10.3 years. You watch TV for 9.1 years. That's almost three hours a day. That's the average American watching TV for about three hours a day. And out of those three hours a day, or out of those 9.1 years, you spend two years watching commercials. Yeah. Unless you fast forward to them. You spend 1.1 years cleaning, 2.5 years cooking, and 3.66 years eating. And the survey says within the course of that time, the average American eats about 35 tons of food. Can you imagine that? 35 tons of food. Some of eats a little bit more than that, some of eats a little bit less. And then go on, the survey continues, it says you drive a car for 4.3 years, and the distance is... Uh, to the moon and back about three times, 4.3 years. It says you spend three months of your life in traffic. Now, if you live in Hawaii, that's right. If you live in Hawaii, it's probably like three years of your life in traffic, right? Right. It says you spend 1.5 years in the bathroom. Hmm. And 92 days on the toilet. I don't know how they got these numbers, but that's what it says. And woman, it says you spend nearly one year deciding what to wear. Right? Now, none of you are average women, so you're all above average, right? So you spend a lot more time than a year deciding what to wear. And the man, the average man, will spend one year staring at women? Hmm, that's scary. An office worker spends five years sitting at a desk, and women spend 1.5 years doing their hair. Interesting. Shampooing, cutting, blow-drying, brushing, all that stuff. And I'm not going to say how many years they spend shopping. That's off the chart. And then the last, the last slide here. This is an interesting one. And it says, it's a bit sobering. It says the average American person now spends more time on their phone or their tablet or their laptop computer than they do sleeping. It's interesting. The average person spends 8 hours and 41 minutes on electronic devices every day. And that's more than the average night's sleep. Interesting Interesting facts about who we are as Americans, isn't it? But each of us here today, 
We've been given the same amount of hours each day, this gift of time, 24 hours in which we eat, sleep, and do whatever else we choose to do. And so this morning, as we continue in our series on Christian stewardship, stewardship meaning that we manage something that belongs to someone else, and the gift of time is a gift that God has given to each and every one of us. And the question is, how are we going to steward that gift of time that God has given to us? So we're going to look at that and how we can take care of and be good stewards of this very precious resource which we call time. In the 90th Psalm in the Old Testament, the psalmist prays that God would teach him and that he would teach others to become good stewards of their time. This is what it says, Psalm 90, verse 12. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to that. And the writer of Psalms says, Teach us, teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That's in the New International Version. Another version in the, the New Living Translation says, Teach me to realize the brevity, the shortness. Teach me to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. You see, when it comes to the end of your life, your entire impact on this world will be boiled down to that small little hyphen between the day you were born and the day that you died. You see that headstone up there? Only thing it says in there is that person's name. In the year they were born, and a little hyphen in between, which represents their entire life and the year they died. The psalmist, the psalmist knew that life is relatively short compared to the span of God's existence and compared to eternity. And that's why he said in Psalm 90, verse 10, a couple of verses before that, it says, Our days may come to 70 years, or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. So in a sense, the psalmist asked God for the grace to allow him to number his days so that he could find value in each day. You know, we live in a fast-paced society, don't we? You want a quick cup of coffee or, or a latte? You just drive through to Starbucks. You're hungry? You pop something in the microwave. For a minute. You ever do that? Put it in the microwave? It only takes a minute. But that minute seems like forever, isn't it? You're just waiting for that thing to go ding. Instant hot food. But you can shop online instantly. You can instantly email someone and text someone and post and tweet and share on all the various social media that we have. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, etc., etc., And all this technology should be making our life easier and more convenient. But it just seems to be making our lives busier. We try to keep up. And I was just talking to someone this morning about trying to keep up. That society and time seems to be going by so quickly. We try to keep up, but it seems that this treadmill that we call life keeps going faster and faster and faster. And time, instead of being something that we cherish, sometimes becomes a nuisance. 
We thrive in the fast lane of life only to come home complaining about how busy and overwhelmed we are. Can you relate to that? Somebody once said, we master our minutes or we become slaves to them. We use time or time uses us. You know, the hardest thing to hand over to God is our time. You know, whenever I think of stewardship, and we're in the middle of this stewardship series, I think, usually think of the three T's when we talk about stewardship. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. And we need to be good stewards of all those three things. And so as I think about that, our treasure, our treasure is a relatively simple thing in one aspect. We know that God asked for the tithe, or 10%, and money can be rather easy to give. You just write a check, and you're done. Our talents, well, these are usually the things we enjoy doing anyway. So why not use them for a good cause and, and worship God by using these gifts and these talents that he's given to us. But our time, the 24 hours we have each day, it's something that we don't really think about. It's just, it just happens. So how do we become good stewards of the time that God has given us? If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians. It's in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 5. And in here, God reveals his expectations for us relating to time. Ephesians 5, verses, and we're just going to be looking at these two couple of two verses. Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. And the Apostle Paul addresses the Ephesian church this way. And he speaks to us today. Verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Another version says in verse 16, redeem the time. Redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So let's take a little bit closer look at these two verses here. And the first one we're going to look at is verse 15. Be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Jesus said that the the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He says this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is very similar to that. He said the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. And so keeping those two commandments in mind, if we are being careful about how we live and about the way we use our time, then these two questions should arise. Number one, am I making time to love God? And number two, am I making time to love others? You see, in our In our busyness, it's easy to neglect an unseen God. And I can't emphasize more the importance of having a daily time, each and every one of you, of having a daily time of personal personal devotion and prayer with God. And it's something that happens just between you and God. It's because it's a relationship between you and God. 
It's a personal relationship between you and God. And to have this daily time, sort of checking in. Number one, to make sure your relationship with Him is right. All of you that are in relationships, whether it's with a parent or with a husband or a wife or whoever it is, you always want to be in a right relationship with that person. So you need to check in from time to time. And so we need to do that with God on a daily basis. Make sure our relationship is right with Him. That we're like that. And if not, if we've strayed away, we can come to Him and ask forgiveness and cleansing and power to go on. But remember, being a Christian is about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so spending that time daily with Him is so important. And it's also important that we make sure that that relationship is nourished and that it's growing. So I can't emphasize that anymore, that you make the time to tell God you love him, and you do it on a regular basis. Now, it takes a bit of self-discipline, but if you're not already doing so, you need to make the time to do it. Spend time with God every day. It could be just for a few moments, but make it a priority. Priority. For you see, the day can quickly get away from you if you don't make this a top priority. You know, when we talk about tithing, some people have a hard time with giving God 10% of their finances. But what would your day look like if you gave God 10% of your time? 10% of your day? You know, there are churches and Christians and churches in other parts of the world who give God two hours and 24 minutes of their day to every day to God. They tithe their time. We think about it, you know, for those of us who fill up every minute of our day, giving up two and a half hours each day would seem, would seem crazy almost. And if that seems impossible, I want you to look at it this way. Surveys were taken. It says the average Christian spends a total of 15 minutes a week in prayer. Go back to that survey I shared earlier. If we can spend on average three hours a day in front of the television and more than eight hours a day in front of our, our phones and our computers, then something must be out of whack. So make the time for God to have personal devotions and personal prayer time with Him every day. Make good use of your time. Some of you may already be aware of this. I'm going to give you a little practical takeaway here. This is what I use sometimes. This is an app. It's a Bible app that you can get for your your phone or your tablet. And it's free. And it's it's easy. And the most important thing, it's, it's convenient. But you can use it, take it with you. You can read the Bible. There's devotional plans. There's tons of devotional plans. Whatever your liking is. But it makes it easy, and it helps to remind you, hey, I need to spend a few moments with the Lord today. And everywhere you go, you take your phone with you anyway. So you travel with it. And it's easy, and it's convenient. But I would encourage you to do that. If, you're not already, if you don't already have a special time, each and every day, nurture that relationship with God. So the question is, first question, am I making time to love God? And then the second question, am I making time 
to love others. Remember the second greatest commandment was to love your neighbor as yourself. And our day should also be invested in our neighbors. And that is just, just not referring to the person next door, but also the people in your household, especially the people in your house. And I don't believe you would think of only giving your husband or your wife or your children or your mother only 15 minutes a week, would you? But sometimes, sometimes we work so hard and, and we're so busy and involved with so many activities that our family, our own family, just gets the leftovers of us. You know, there have been days when I've been just so busy here at work, at the Croc Center. There's always something going on here. In fact, the month of July was probably the, the busiest month of the year for us here at the Croc Center. We surpassed the 14,000 membership mark this month. We recorded more than 50,000 building entries into the Croc Center this past month. And we really do have a great staff, and they do a wonderful job of managing all the stuff that goes on here at the Croc Center. But, I have, but I've had many busy days this month, filled up with meetings and projects, dealing with personnel issues, doing pastoral visits, and on and on and on. And when I get home, at the end of the day, I'm completely exhausted. And the time and the energy that I have left for my wife and for my children, it's really not the best at all. You see, I would be moody and tired and irritable and grumpy. And I'm certainly not proud of it. But that's all I had left to give to my own family. And in my life, I found that the quality time that I invest with God and with my family affects my entire day. As we are told in Psalm 90, life is short. We must prioritize our life. And the priority is that God comes first, then our family comes next, and then all the rest falls into place. So be careful how you live. Don't just be hearers hearers of the word, but as James tells us, to be doers of the word as well. And as I and as I prepare this sermon and as I preach this morning, I I speak to myself as well. I have to heed my own words. I need to practice what I preach. And I want you to hold me accountable for that. But we need to focus on those relationships that matter the most. God first, our own personal relationship with him, and then our relationship with our families. Let's look at verse 16, Ephesians 5, verse 16. And it says here, Make the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. The King James Version says, Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity. You know, this phrase, redeeming the time, is a very descriptive one. It means to, to redeem something. It means to buy up, purchase, buy up those moments 
which others seem to throw away. You see, time really is one of our most precious resources. Let me repeat that. Time is one of our most precious resources. And so redeeming the time means seizing the opportunities to rescue or recover our time from waste, thereby using the time wisely. Let time be your chief commodity. Deal in that alone. Buy it all up and use every portion of it wisely to the glory of God. You see, time, time is that on which eternity depends. Eternity. So how do we use our time wisely? I believe we use our time wisely when we think in terms of eternity. We need to think in terms of eternity more often. Our tendency is to think in terms of the here and the now, and what's going on right at the present moment. And we see the mundane and trivial details of our lives as urgent. And we sort of have this attitude of it's, it's now or never, or it's, it's do or die. Yet this kind of thinking is counterproductive, and it creates unnecessary stress. You see, most of our problems are not a matter of life and death. And there's no point in blowing them out of proportion. Some of you are basketball fans. You, you remember the name Dean Smith. He was a former basketball coach of the University of North Carolina. He was the coach of Michael Jordan when he was in college. And he said this. He said, if you make every game a matter of life and death, you'll be dead a lot. So in order to keep things in perspective, think in terms of eternity. In order to keep things in perspective, we should condition ourselves to ask the following question. And here's the question. Will this make a difference in a thousand years? Turn to your neighbor and say, will this make a difference in a thousand years? You see, for most of the things we allow ourselves to get stressed out about, the answer would be no. In a thousand years, will it matter if the waitress messes up my order? In a thousand years, will it matter what kind of car I drive? In a thousand years, will it matter how many pairs of shoes I own? In a thousand years, will it matter if I didn't get that promotion? In a thousand years, will it matter if I gained the whole world and became the richest man in the world? Will any of these things really matter in a thousand years? Puts life in perspective, doesn't it? On the other hand, on the other hand, if you share Christ's love with someone and they accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Will that matter in a thousand years? If you take time to disciple a new believer or encourage someone or give financially to a worthwhile cause, will that make a difference in a thousand years? The answer is obvious, isn't it? Well, there are many things we do that have no eternal significance. 
There are other areas of our lives where we have the opportunity to make a contribution that will last forever, that will have eternal significance, eternal impact. And as we go about our daily lives, we need to get in the habit of thinking in terms of eternity. The Apostle Peter said in 2 Peter 3.8, Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. A thousand years are like a day. These words remind us that there is a bigger picture to all of this. You see, the few years we have here on earth, the small circle in which we live, these are only a tiny part of all that is. And we must remember not to overplay our own importance. So learning to use our time wisely involves learning to think in terms of eternity. We must remind ourselves that we are not the center of the universe. We must remind ourselves that we are not the center of the world, that we're not the center of the team, that we're not the center of the church, or that the job does not revolve around you or me. And we must also remind ourselves, when we think in terms of eternity, that there is more to life than just money and possessions and popularity and prestige and materialistic and lustful pursuits. There's an eternal aspect of life that cannot be ignored. So think in terms of eternity. The scriptures tells us that we need to redeem our time because the days are evil. So I encourage you to make the most of every opportunity to impact eternity, not just for yourselves, but for others' sake as well. 